Welcome back to Supporting Both Ends of the Lead. I'm Caroline, a Certified Animal Behaviourist. And I'm Dr Linda Blair, a Clinical Psychologist. We're here to bring you today's double dose of well-being for you and your dog. And it's time to get started, don't you think? Welcome back. At the time of recording, we're just about to enter the long Easter weekend. So lots of lovely downtime to spend extra time cuddling our dogs, which is fantastic. But we've got a special, special time coming up, haven't we, Linda? Uh, a special <laughs> couple of months where we're getting extra bonus long weekends. In fact, four yeah. here in the UK in, in one run. Um, which is great and lovely to get the extra time to spend, as I said, with your dogs, but also with friends and family. But sometimes these sort of um, occasions where there is so much going on and you do feel the obligation to get together with people can be a little bit stressful for both us and for our dogs. So we thought we'd chat today about how you can navigate uh, the changes in routines, holiday seasons, and just spending lots of time together in a maybe intense um, sort of situation. What do you think, Linda? Yeah, but with good weather. I mean, that is the advantage because we have talked in the past, not on this podcast, but we have talked in the past about when you're in confined closed spaces in the depths of winter, that is Christmas. Uh, and of course, playing many roles as probably a child and uh, a parent and uh, a sister or brother all at the same time and all that stuff. That's diluted when you can be outside, but it's still there. And I think what's different now, what I was, reason I uh, begged you to, to uh, consider this and didn't take much, you are very keen, is the number of occasions in a row i mean we do, we're almost more on holiday than not for the next uh, six weeks which everybody goes oh that's great but um you know that reminds me very unhappily of a patient that i was working with during the pandemic online and um they said you know uh, if someone had said to me oh you'll get 80 percent pay to do whatever you want for the next six months, well, I would have jumped at it. But this has been terrible. And I think if you don't stop and think about how precious something is um, and then react to that then, not tomorrow, then I think you do miss it and then we'll regret. So I wanted to talk to, to all of you before it happens so that for you, it will be something that you can enjoy at the time and look back on fondly. Yeah, because it, it's a lot, isn't it? In a way, you know, if I was told you've got four bank holidays to enjoy, I mean, it's it's kind of a bit different for us, isn't it, Linda? Being self-employed, you're, you're always on, but um, for yeah. people who do get the benefit of taking those extra days off, yeah. of, of paid leave to, to spend doing whatever they wish, um, it's a lot in one go. And um, so that can be tough. I know, Obviously, Christmas we would you just mentioned is it's we've got less of that in terms of things like the stress of presents and buying big meals and things like that. But actually, having lots of weekends together that's a lot to organise, to plan, to um, mm -hmm. think of things to do. If you've got children who are off school for the next couple of weeks, you've got to entertain them, um, and so there's a lot to do as well as it being given downtime. Yeah, 
And and again, I wouldn't want to liken it to the pandemic, just as you said, not to liken it to Christmas in the sense that we didn't know in the pandemic how long it was going to go on. We do know this is time limited, and that makes it more fun because we can say, well, this is very precious. I'm not going to get this probably again ever. I mean, three, four bank holidays all in a row. Good grief. I don't think so. So, you know, that is different. So it's a lot more of a positive starting point. But there's something you said that I think um, everybody feels, myself included, uh, that we ought to fight against, uh, not not in terms of our dogs, but in terms of us. I mean, it will have an impact on our dogs, and I'm sure you'll be able to talk about that much more beautifully than I. But um, in terms of us, it's that pressure to do something rather than to be some way. <laughs> um, I was just uh, doing some shopping uh, this morning, and uh, I was in a shop where I know the people quite well, and one of them came up and said, Oh, what are you doing for Easter? And <laughs> I said, I'm resting. And there was a sort of moment of breath intake. <laughs> oh, and then a big smile. Oh, that's lovely. Because, of course, it is lovely. And I would urge you guys who are listening, please don't feel you have to do something every minute of these four weekends. Part of what's joyful about this is time to rest and to rest in good weather, um, hopefully. I mean, it's certainly light. And that's, as you know, from what Caroline and I talked to you about, that's so important, the amount of light. So getting out in that light but not having to organize a hundred parties or show up to a hundred parties, but rather just to be. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. And balance is something that's so, so important for our dogs as well. And if you were to fill every weekend coming up with activities and adventures with your dog, which you may really enjoy together, that could be way too much of a good thing for them. Um, it's mm -hmm. so important that we do give them plenty of opportunity to have rest um sleep um good quality downtime um you know which can be with you or can be importantly alone as well if they cope well with that and if they don't remember we have a um episode we recorded a little while ago on separation anxiety so go back and check that one out um but alone time is something that is really important for us to consider over the next few um, weekends because we get that extra time with them. And, you know, we keep mentioning the pandemic, but actually that was a time when our dogs got too used to having us around. Yes. And that can happen in as little as us taking a week off with them. Um, and here we're talking about multiple long weekends, which you might be bridging with some holiday to get longer amounts of periods of time off. Um, so just make sure that when you are having all of that time at home, if you're staycationing rather than going away somewhere, make sure that you are giving your dogs opportunity to have time to be alone so that they don't get too used to you being around again and that that could really unsettle them when things go back to normal. And, and can I ask you two questions? One is, could you remind us all, me included, because I'm trying to remember while you were talking, how much sleep a dog actually needs? Because I remember it was something fantastically more than I had thought it was. Um, and also, what do you know or what is known about dogs' memory? Am I being anthropomorphic when I say, oh, they'll be triggered with you there to remember how much you were there at the 
pandemic during the pandemic is that is that me making them like humans they wouldn't remember i don't know i i i realized maybe i'm talking out of my field here no absolutely and i think it's um great two really great questions so let's start start with the sleep side of things just to because that's quite straightforward um <laughs> so i mean we say average that dogs sort of 9 to 12 hours a day is is really important for for every dog of sleep but then rest on top of that wow. um so our dogs um have very different sorts of sleep cycles to us they're shorter they tend to move around between sleep um and they will rest at different times of the day Whereas we obviously sleep in one long chunk um, of the day. Um, so it's important to know what quality of sleep your dog's getting as well. So if they tend to have that one eye open and if you're getting up to go make a cup of tea, they're right with you, following you. They're probably not getting down into the deep regenerative quality level of sleep oh. that we would need them to. So they would need more rest time of the day. Um, for our puppies, we tend to say sort of 18, 20 hours of sleep a day. It's a lot. But think about babies. They sleep that much, too. So <laughs> that's true. Um, 18. There's so much growing. There's so much processing of new sensory experiences, new visual experiences, like everything is going on for them. Um, and um, it, if they don't get that amount of rest, that's when we get the puppy mayhem, the zoomies, the biting, the jumping up, all of those things that everyone says, oh, are just puppy teething problems. Um, they're actually generally normally uh, caused by a dog being overtired uh, or a puppy being overtired. Wow. So just by encouraging more rest, and sometimes that does mean you have to leave the, the room or put the dog into their bed or crate to allow them to sort of settle. Um, it can really, really help behaviorally with with the younger dogs. Um, it, it, is it? I I just can't help here. Is yeah. it important that it's at the same time each day, or does it matter? Uh, you see, now that's something as well that I think is really important that we think about. Obviously, we want to help encourage our dogs to follow our lifestyle, um, particularly for overnight sleep. So, prioritizing overnight sleep with young puppies is really, really, really vital. Um, our dogs are crepuscular or would be like naturally, which means them would be more active dawn and dusk, which is why our puppies tend to have the zoomies, the witching hour at like seven, eight o'clock um, at night or that you find that they're waking up at like four or five a.m. Um, so if once we can encourage them to follow our routine more, particularly with overnight sleep, that's going to help everybody. Um, it helps your dogs get a really long period of sleep, but it also helps you to obviously get undisturbed rest. And that can happen pretty quickly. But during the day, I think it's important that we have some level of fluidity to our routine where possible. Um, because dogs who are very rigid with their routine can find it difficult on things like long weekends when suddenly everything's gone out the window maybe you want to lie in maybe you don't want to go for a walk till 11 a.m whereas normally they're used to going out at seven every single day on the dot um uh -huh. if our dogs can be flexible and know that you're predictable and trustworthy that those things will come at some point that's going to be much easier for everybody so that's and i, I, and I suppose that makes a lot of sense but i suppose the way you do get that efficient and you have to be efficient with all the goings-ons in these in these weekends um if you have cues because i know with people i mean may, maybe it's not the same with dogs but with people 
um, people who can't get off to sleep, I help them establish a bedtime routine, which signals unconsciously to their brain, you know, oh, this is wind down time, you know, doing a really nice uh, massage on your face or having a warm shower or drinking some hot chocolate. Th these things say, oh, time to relax. Is it is it important with dogs to do that as well or not? Yeah, I think some uh, the kind of cues that we can use, and sometimes there's subconscious things that we're doing that we don't realize are that significant or important, but our dogs pick up on everything we're doing. They are so focused on body mm. language that, you know, that little, um, you know, moment you shuffle in your seat before you go to to go put on your dog walking boots or putting on your dog walking boots as opposed to your high heels those things your dogs will notice they'll know that something's about to happen and that you can see them get excited i don't know if you've ever had this linda where you can vacuum every single day but the day you vacuum before guests arrive your dogs are there waiting at the window going i know what's happening because <laughs> yeah and you're like how do you know that a guest are arriving but we're vacuuming in a different way whatever it is we're doing something different and our dogs are like, aha, something is occurring. Yep. So there are cues that we give just without ourselves knowing. And that could be stress hormone changes that they're smelling that we're anticipating. When, isn't it interesting we say anticipation? Because that might be something we're going to be discussing soon. Um, yeah. But anticipating something like the arrival of guests. Um, or it might be something that you're very aware of, like giving your dog a bedtime biscuit, um, a treat on their bed and saying, um, I'll see you in the morning or bedtime now or before you leave your dog I don't know if you do this as well Linda but I'll say uh, won't be long or be back in a minute yeah. um, so many of my clients will say that the things that they do that are kind of probably really habitual are around the moments where they're about to leave their dog and that's probably because we don't feel good about leaving our dogs so we get into these things to try and make ourselves feel better about it but they can give our dogs a sense of understanding of what's about to happen next. You're about to be left to go over, uh, overnight or you're about to be left for a period of time, but your human will be back. And those can be helpful for a lot of dogs. Yeah, and probably make them more relaxed when you do go because uh, previous experience teaches them you do come back and they know about when. So I suppose that helps. And that's, of course, exactly what you do with babies. You know, we establish a leaving routine and a good night routine. And um, I suppose it's very similar. Certainly the way we talk to our dogs uh, and talk to our ch little baby children uh, is similar in that we repeat things and we shorten things and we make it very loving sounding. So I suppose the behavior in many ways is emotional behavior and it goes both to dogs and and to our kids. And that reminds me, if I may, which is that um, you will not be letting your kids down if you have kids. If you don't do things every single weekend, you will give them chance as well to relax. Because I've, I was just working earlier with uh, some young people uh, who said they get so tired during the school week. Because of course, especially adolescents, um, but all kids, uh, the school day is artificial. You know, it's not natural for us to be alert and attentive for that long and that early, especially when you're a teenager. So they need some lions. They need some downtime. They need some relaxation. So, um, you know, don't feel guilty. Feel empowered, please. 
Yeah, and processing time and breaks have been shown in so many studies I know for kids in terms of their learning and development yep. to be so important. And yep. our dog's brains are effectively like a child's. Um, yep. And so we know that actually giving your dog, if you're trying to teach them something new or you're trying to work on a behavior um, that might be challenging at the moment, or if you're just wanting to let them be the most successful dog that they can be as a, a dog living in your home, giving them plenty of time to rest and have breaks um, is one of the biggest gifts that you can give them. No, that's really, really good. And I think if we go back to this run of weekends, um, there is, however, a difference between the what you let your kids do and probably your dogs, although again, that's your area, not mine, but uh, yourself, us adults, us, us listening to the podcast and giving the podcast. Sadly, I have some real bad news. Uh, lions don't help. <laughs> In fact, lions are counterproductive to rest. We end up feeling nothing short of jet lagged. Uh, once you reach about 25 to 30 years old, the brain has uh, settled through adolescence and it no longer benefits from lions. So you have to, I would urge you to get up at a similar time um, but you don't have to do anything. You can get up quietly. Everybody else, the, your teenagers are lying in and maybe your dog's resting. You can get up and treat yourself to watching watching the early morning or go outside and get some dew onto your toes, you know. <laughs> Something's very special and very just for you. Um, but I would not try lying in bed because I think in the end that will rebound on you. If you're very tired because you've had late nights and going to bed time doesn't seem to make any difference to our um, quality of sleep, and we get less of it, but the quality doesn't matter. It's the getting up time that's key to keep that consistent. So go have your parties. Okay, yeah, that was really fun, but now, now I am tired because I only got five hours of sleep or whatever. You can use power naps, and I think we've talked about that before, which is to just lie down you don't have to sleep but lie down and breathe very slowly in and out through your nose not on a bed because otherwise you'll go into a deep sleep which then will not refresh you you just need a sort of um clock off time of maximum 20 minutes i get people to lie on their backs on the floor uh, supporting their head with something solid like a book or something so that their spine is nice and straight bend your knees up and just breathe for 10 to 20 minutes. That's worth an hour and a half of sleep at night. So if you have a bad night, it would be better to take a power nap. Um, and surely you can find 10 to 20 minutes sometime during the day, doesn't matter when, rather than trying to have a lion, which I don't think will benefit you in the long run. At least that's what the research says. That's great advice. And talking of the parties that might uh, cause <laughs> you to need those lions, um, if you are having some celebrations, particularly with the coronation of the king coming up, you might be having a garden party, a street party, something that's related to having multiple people around your home. Remember that that's quite unique. Um, your dog might cope very well going out to, um, you know, a gathering in a dog-friendly pub garden or someone else's home. But if you're maybe having a street party and you're going to be getting people together outside of your front door, that's suddenly on their territory. And 
while they may even accept people coming into their home, being on their front front um, uh, garden or the drive or whatever, things like that sometimes can be tricky for dogs. They sometimes feel like they need to uh, protect the, the environment around them. So just watch out for subtle cues that your dog isn't feeling comfortable. And if they seem to be, um, you know, not relaxing when people are coming up to the driveway or when people are coming around you and particularly you and food, Maybe there's other dogs on the street who are coming up to say hello when there's lots of food around. There are a lot more opportunities for dogs to suddenly need to flex their resource guarding muscles. Um, and that can be really stressful for both you trying to protect humans and dogs, but also for your dog who feels they need to protect either you, their home or that food. So it's better if your dog is finding it tricky or they're finding it overwhelming with the amount of people who are around it's better for them to go inside to enjoy some quiet time to have a you know stuffed kong or licky mackerel or something that they can safely be left with have some nice calm happy hormone inducing chewing or licking <laughs> rather than them having to endure activity and attention and you know stimulus that they don't want and also a boundary crossing that you can't explain to them because it's perfectly fine in your eyes, but suddenly why would it be okay for them as they don't understand? So I can, I can see that. I was just wondering, um, sometimes when I'm working with people who find it hard to block out distractions that they don't, unwanted distraction, um, which I suppose this is in a way for the dog, um, I, su I suggest they put on music um, does that help dogs? Yeah, so music and white noise um, both can be really useful in terms of if we were going to say leave our dog in the home um, and there's going to be a lot of noise outside of the home because you're giggling and laughing and having a great time as you should be celebrating your time, <laughs> this special time together. Um, putting something in that's going to create a little like kind of comforting buffer um, of audio can definitely help. So um, studies have shown that um, classical soft rock or reggae music are the most favoured by dogs oh. um, so perhaps uh, you know we've got a, a month or so um, uh, or we've got a few weeks sorry before the coronation but perhaps maybe um, have a little play around with music and see what it is that seems to chill your dog out the most um, or you can try just using some white noise um, or pink or brown noise uh, which is just kind of a, a consistent sound which will like I say create a buffer between that and the outside Music and um, white noise are much better than TV or radio, which have a lot of variations in the audio sounds mm -hmm. that your dog will experience. Um, a re an audio book is another opportunity because that's something that's very continuous. Um, you know, the, the, the noise is going to be very continuous in terms of, uh, particularly if it's just one person reading the book. Um, but I would avoid TV or radio as a way to uh, distract your dog from outside noise because there could be dogs barking, doorbells, laughter, silence, all sorts of things when we're listening to those sort of uh, programs. And what, what's really interesting that you just said is um, that one of the things that helps people um, are uh, is familiar music not not doesn't have to be terribly familiar but you've you've heard it before because when it's new you're trying to sort of hear it and it, it, it that makes you more alert rather than more relaxed but for dogs i think not only familiar but um i think the three kinds you mentioned rock reggae and classical those are all very strongly determined by beat 
a very steady beat, and especially to me, reggae, it's almost heartbeat. And, and I bet that's what they respond to, too, that steady rhythm, that beat. Do you think, or is yeah. there any research? Or uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, reggae was actually one of the the top ones for helping uh, dogs to relax, whereas we thought it would be classical. Um, but but I, I've had actually some of my clients um, in um, in my sort of ongoing club group. We try we do a, a thing called the relaxation protocol, which is a really great exercise to help dogs get used to distractions um, and be able to settle and not have to get involved in everything. But we actually tried stepping it up and adding the different types of music and to see which our dogs were then most successful at ignoring the distractions when that music was playing. Um, and it varied between the dogs. Um, oh. So it is about sometimes, you know, we have a personal preference, but our dogs will find different things more soothing. And that might correlate to what they're familiar with that you normally play at home, or yeah. it might be that something that's just personal to them as an individual dog to their own brain wiring mm, yeah. yeah yeah i would think that might have something to do with it but i bet it is also more strongly what they've heard before and when it's something you love you know so then they would feel calm because it's associated with you being in a happy mood yeah yeah wow well i i i hope that what this has done is not given you any rules strong rules to follow but rather to enhance your experience during this upcoming unique run <laughs> of uh, uh, holiday times all, to, all together so that you can get the most out of them and reflect on them later and say, gosh, that was great. And I, I didn't let it pass me by. <laughs> Yeah, I'd hope. Hopefully you'll all have a nice, relaxing, quiet time. And my just one thing would really be to focus on the relaxation and create, make sure that there's a lot of balance in the time that you're spending with your dogs, both with them being alone um, with you and with others, but making sure that sleep and rest are at the foremost of, um, you know, their sort of day. And mine would be to give yourself permission to do this special time your way do it what is right for you and your loved ones not to please a hundred other people on some social media platform do it for you i love that thank you linda that's a great great just one thing well enjoy enjoy your special time uh celebrating or chilling out and doing nothing um linda i hope you enjoy relaxing easter weekend um i yes. know that will be in the past when this podcast comes out but um yeah embrace and, the downtime and you as well and we'll revisit everybody in the middle of it all won't we with another topic so absolutely until then, then thank you so much everyone <laughs>